welcome to the Good Improv Show. It's happening right here on gradio.ca. Which is Edmonton's best local station. We are going to be making up some uh, sketch comedy for you with just the mere uh, suggestions that you'll see at the bottom of the screen. Yeah, we've turned to our fans on social media to give us some words, and they have come through in spades, as they always do. So let's pull those suggestions up. We have the words growth, blunt, and turgid to go off of this week. GBT. That's an easy way to remember them if you get lost, for sure. Let her rip. Could you come into my, uh, to my office uh, for a minute, uh, Jordan? I need some help with this patient. Absolutely. Thank you. I am here. Let me just familiarize you with the case here. Mr. Moser, he claims, is in fact four years old. This man with the full beard. Boy. Little boy. Boy, I'm sorry. He's claiming he is a four-year-old and he has had a rapid growth spurt. He has a health card, driver's license. I've noticed a wedding ring on his finger, but he's claiming he's a a four-year-old boy. Since you are an expert in in growth, uh, Dr. Ward, uh, pituitary glands and such, I thought maybe you'd like to examine said patient. Uh, Now, Mr. Moser, are you certain you are not a full-grown man? Uh, yep, 100%. Little boy right here. Four-year-old. Four-year-old boy. That's correct, yes. So you believe that you are four years old, even though you have a full beard? No, no, no. I am, in fact, a four-year-old boy. It's not a belief I have. It's just reality. It is what it is. Very clever for a four-year-old to catch me in that turn of phrase there. I'm advanced for my age. If you'll notice on my healthcare card there, the R in Moser has been reversed. Much like a child would write an R. A child such as myself. I can't help but uh, wonder, uh, Mr. Moser, you wouldn't be pretending you're a four-year-old boy to get out of uh, perhaps uh, an anniversary you've forgotten with your wife or jury duty. Or something. You're not running away from an adult responsibility or anything, right? I mean, like, because I mean, you know, that would be okay. Adult responsibilities are hard. Although, although children my age do, in fact, have an active imagination. Yes, that is true. That is something you may have heard about four-year-olds, and it's true. We do have active imaginations. No, I am not just imagining that I am a four-year-old boy. I am, in fact, a four-year-old boy, and. Perhaps my active imagination has conjured up an anniversary that a potential wife that I may have had. You know, that, that's all that's the imagination stuff right there. Okay. All right. So these, uh, these emails uh, that I keep, uh, our office keeps getting about, please, if you see my husband, if he shows up there claiming to be a child, send him home. Uh, we need to finish our talk in all caps with exclamation points. That's, I should ignore that. That's not a, something that need concern a four-year-old i i wouldn't know anything about wives or forgetting anniversaries or sleeping with sisters or anything like that at all okay and you look like you're in pretty good health thank you are you okay little boy do you do you have a boo-boo well no not at the moment i guess Okay. You know where your parents are. We can find them for you. Well, I unfortunately, swear. I know where my parents are. They are 
have a juice box. I always keep one on well, hand. Oh, thank you. I like that. That's thank you. My parents are actually in the graveyard. I was going to say. Okay. That's so sad. An orphan. They have passed away from old age. Uh -huh. oh, goodness. Wow. They must have had you when they were quite old. Uh, uh, since I'm only four, yes. Your legal guardians, then? Oh, um, I guess the closest thing to a legal garden would be this wife, uh, this lady named Sharon that lives back at, at my home. I mean, her home. I live with her because she is my <clears throat> guardian, as I was saying. Thank you for the juice box. That was very good. You just down that. He must. You're a thirsty little guy, aren't you? That's right. Yes. You're a thirsty four-year-old that happens to look like a forty-year-old man. Well, I mean, I, you know, one thing that's very popular for four-year-olds is booster shots, uh, immunizations. So uh, we can give you some immunizations, you know, um, uh, because clearly at that age, you you need to have immunizations. You can't just uh, you know go around without your shots. There, you know, four-year-olds. Oh, un unfortunately, unfortunately. My family has certain religious beliefs that, uh, that preclude me from getting those types of injections. I'm sure you understand. Of course, of course. Called with Doctor uh, Doctor Warren just for a moment. Of course, absolutely. You know what? I'm going to go draw a picture. Huh? That's something us, us four year olds do. Oh. <laughs> something a four year old would definitely do. Yeah, yeah. That's great. That's good. That's great. That's good. I'm just going to take my Mont Blanc pen here and. Uh, Again. Okay. Oh, quite the four-year-old. <laughs> quite the four. You're not being taken in by this, are you? He's he's clearly a forty-year-old man. He's a forty-year-old man that has forgotten his anniversary. He's pretending he's four to get out of it. I mean, I I don't know uh, how how you're possibly taken in by this. He he has a he has a full beard. He said he's four years old. He said he he has a wedding ring on. Why would he? Why would four-year-old? Have a wedding ring. Well, you heard him. You said that his family, his caretaker or whatever, is into some weird religious stuff. Uh, sorry to so interrupt. Not... Sorry to interrupt, doctors. I'm finished my little drawing. I sketched you as you were chatting with one another. Uh, maybe you'd like to put it up on the refrigerator. I don't know. It's it's up to you. It's remarkable accuracy. All done freehand with pen. Yeah. Good. That, and you got all like the perfect. color inside the lines. What a great little guy you are. Oh, thanks. 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 Wow. Well, Better than um, my kids can do. Oh, you know what? I, I should sign that for you. I should sign that for you as well. In cursive. Cursive. That's a smart kid. That could be worth a lot of money someday. Well, thanks. you know what? Little Danny Moser. I actually prefer Daniel to Danny. Daniel, Daniel. All right, Daniel. Reverse hormone therapy. We give you several uh, painful injections to try to revert you back to your four-year-old self. Uh, the, the needles have to go right into the pituitary gland at the back. Try to reverse this apparent aging, rapid aging process uh, and growth uh, that you've been experiencing. Is, is it possible, doctors, that perhaps the aging has now stopped? And that although I am four years old, I will remain in this body until until my age catches up. Hold on, my beeper just went off. We just got a four-year-old trauma victim come into the ER who is technically oh dead. We need to swap this four-year-old into this four-year-old here. 
The timing is perfect. I will prep oh the surgery God, room. That, that works out well. That's very tragic that a four-year-old has died, but I mean, um, it's the perfect opportunity to get you back into your proper body. I mean, that way you could live your life as a four-year-old as, as, as God intended. Okay. okay. Four-year-old right. looking monstrosity that I see before me. So this should be a very simple procedure. We'll just swap your brain out for the other child's brain. Thankfully, now, the child's head was crushed, so it should be a very easy to get the, your brain in there. Now, when you're inside camera. the body, when you're inside the body, you may notice that my organs look as though they have survived many years of aging, as though I may be a 30-year smoker or something like that. But don't be fooled. That's just a, a birthmark that I, I have on the inside there. Oh, All thanks, right. little fella. Thanks for letting us know. Say so you you're okay going into the body of this uh, four-year-old that's just come in. You're 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 fine with this. Uh, we can sign off on that, can we? Well, the alternative is that I tell my wife that I forgot her anniversary. You think that's gonna fly? <laughs> Colonel Mustard, uh, could we have a word with you for a second? Uh, we're we're just a little concerned. Um, we have a set list of objects that we use to murder people in this house. Mm -hmm. uh, we have candlestick. You know, there's a, there's a pipe. You can grab a pipe. You can grab a gun. There's a rope you can use. A knife. A knife. I see where this is going. I see where this is going. You want to congratulate me on the innovation that I've been bringing to the table in my murder weapon choices. No, we have a tradition here. Okay? Of all the people who have been murdered in this house, and there have been a lot of people murdered in this house. I know. Okay? There's a long, proud tradition of people murdered in this house. Look, here's the thing with that, okay? I've kind of, you know, I've been through a lot of these. You guys have been through a lot of these. You kind of know how it all goes down. The way I figure it is if you use a murder weapon that nobody has listed on a little checklist, suddenly you're getting away with way more murders. You know what I mean? Well, this is just it, because nobody has a clue about what sort of weapon was used. They're all going right. wrench or candlestick. Exactly. You know, exactly. You're ruining it. You are literally ruining it for everybody. The whole thing, the whole reason we are allowed to get, get away with murder night after night is because people have fun trying to figure it out with a set list of murder weapons. Here you go bringing a didgeridoo into it. If you excuse me, I have to visit the library. Okay, well... I will be back. You know, for a professor, doing murders in the same room over and over again is not very smart, right? That's another thing, too. You can't be just making secret passageways by what? knocking walls down where there aren't secret passageways. No, no, I draw my the line at this. The secret passageways are where the secret passageways are. You can't just knock walls down and make new secret passageways. Gentlemen... There's been a murder. Oh, what, did you kill him in the library with a rope? I wish I had, but I believe that the killer was actually Colonel Mustard in the library with the tuba. First the didgeridoo, now the tuba? Come on, tuba Colonel. Now? Okay, well, listen, listen, who would suspect somebody of being killed with a tuba? And secondly, I didn't even kill him in the library. I moved the body to the library so they'd think he was killed in the library, even though I killed him down by the beach behind a bunch of rocks. First of all, why are you killing people outside? You have a set list of rooms. 
They have to be in one of the rooms. It's not that you can't move them. They have to be left in the room you kill them in. Oh right, my kill god! People, people inside the mansion. Well, I'll have you know, I was also wearing a disguise. A guy saw me, and I told him my name was Duke Dijon. Duke Dijon? That's not even an option. Oh my god, the police have been letting us get away with these for years because people are entertained, you know. right? And they're entertained because there's a set list of rules that we go by that they can, they can figure it out and they feel all smart. You're actually getting away with murder now. The police are going to investigate. We're all going to be arrested. Well, think of how smart the people will feel after they've gone through the complicated forensic process and gathered fingerprints and analyzed DNA evidence because this killer left no trace. You know what I mean? Like, I've been mopping up my footprints. I've been making sure that nobody can see me. I've been killing with unusual things in unusual places. It's a no-brainer. So if somebody were ever to catch me after hundreds and hundreds of these murders, right, they'd be like, I'm a genius. If you'll excuse me, I have to go to the kitchen. <sighs> okay. You know he's gonna just kill somebody with a candlestick or something in there, right? You know that's what's going to happen. Yes, yes, as it should, as it should be, okay? With a candlestick, a perfectly reasonable thing to kill somebody with. Not a tuba, a didgeridoo. <sighs> Gentlemen, I have bad news. I went to go murder someone in the kitchen with a candlestick, and there was already a body. What? I believe the killer was Colonel Mustard in the kitchen with... With a, a small marijuana cigarette. Yes. It was. It was laced with poison. So I could not have to be there when he did it, you know, so that I'm, I'm away from the scene. The only person in the kitchen is you, Professor Plum. So why would they suspect Colonel Mustard did it, right? When you're the one who's there. You're the one who found everything. So now you're poisoning people? Well, I'm framing. I'm framing as well. Colonel Mustard, you haven't got a clue. <laughs> I came to you today because I need some help. I believe that I have something incredibly wrong with my penis. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. And I need some help. Of what? course. Of course, I'll get the saw. Uh, let's see, diamond tip, steel, or rusted? Do you have a preference? Why have hot dogs when you can have steak, right? Don't you want to hear what, what's wrong with my penis before we start... Uh, I like to work backwards. Okay. I like to amputate and then find out what was wrong with it. Uh, I mean, that would be the easiest, but I mean, let's, I guess let's hear them out. So, all right. What, what's wrong? What's wrong with your uh, penis, as you call it? I think it might have some sort of tumor or something. Last night, I was with my wife, and she had bought some sexy new lingerie mm -hmm. that she was modeling for me and kind of parading around in front of me. Mm -hmm. At this time, I noticed the growth. Uh, my penis began to grow larger before my very eyes, the tumor growing in real time right in front of me. Uh, it, it made my penis feel very hard to the touch. Okay. Uh, like if I pressed on it, I could feel that it was very hard. And obviously I was freaking out during this time. Uh, but after a while, the tumor kind of, I guess, re rescinded or regressed back. Remission. Okay. Yeah. A little bit pulled away. Yes. And my penis again became soft. Mm -hmm. Now, how long did this rigidness, uh, rigidity la last? 
Uh, only as long as my wife was parading around in the lingerie. Uh, as soon as as soon as she she as soon as she pushed me away and said, "I'm going to bed now. I got to work early in the morning." Everything kind of just settled down, and everything was okay again. But this is a really serious problem. This isn't the first time this has happened. Okay. Yes, uh, you're you're right to come to us. This is very serious. I I, I mean, uh, full disclosure. In the normal operation of a penis, in my experience, uh, they uh, what normally happens is they get s kind of halfway stiff and then instantly uh, flaccid again, like within a few seconds. Uh, that's, that seems to be, and, and again, in my experience, how penises normally work. This seems to be persisting for longer, so I, you are right to be concerned. Uh, Dr. Ward, uh, what is your opinion? Well, you're very right to be concerned. I mean, if it were me, if it were my penis that was having this sort of condition, you know, tumor and then remission, tumor, remission, I wouldn't mess about. I'd look for the quickest way to get that penis off. So mm -hmm. I would look at my options. I would look like, hey, do I want to use a steel saw to cut that off? Do I want to just bash it off with a hammer, get it off quick? Or do Diamond. I want to explode it off oh. and really make sure that it gets off there super fast? I was actually planning to not remove my penis at all. I was hoping we could just do something about this so that I could kind of have my cake and eat it too. My cake being my penis and eating it too, being it being normal. I okay. see, I see. Well, you know, the longer you postpone these types of life-saving operations, the greater risk there is to your long-term health. I, I'm remembering back now, when I was a teenager, this tumor would present itself constantly. Constantly, I remember waking up in the middle of the night with the tumor sometimes presenting itself and then, you know, slowly fading back away again. You've had a history. You never know when it's going to be that last one that'll get you, right? Like I said, in the normal operation of a penis, again, uh, I, my experience, uh, just semi-erect and then flaccid instantly. And this only in rare situations, such as watching uh, Lithuanian women peeing on things. You know, things like that. But uh, what you're describing seems to be completely different from anything that I have personally experienced, or, or rather, uh, personally heard about. You know, so, uh, yeah, I, if I were you, I'd get that thing off as soon as possible. I, and you don't know. I mean, it might get so much pressure that it might explode by itself. Rather have a right. controlled explosion than uh, one you're not planning, right? That's right. I mean, there's a lot of new fangled ways, new methods that we've learned for removing penises and situations like this, be it saw, be it hammer, be it explosion. But if you were to go to old school medicine, they would do something a little different. Like my father, for example, was a doctor and his method was to tie a rope around the base of the penis and then tie a rope around a door handle, slam the door and pops that penis right off. Okay, it doesn't sound like they're doing anything different. They're just removing the penis in a different way. It's not really different. Yeah. Okay. When I was when I was a teenager, they, there was a therapy for this. I remember it. I remember it. I would rub some cream on the affected area, and it would subside a lot faster. But I stopped doing that treatment when I, I don't know, when I turned like 19 or 20, and I haven't really done it since then. These homeopathic remedies are not long-term solutions. Somebody probably told you you could rub a little essential oil on there and it would clear things up. But no, the only solution has been, since the dawn of time, Surgery, you know, yeah. amputation. Good old-fashioned medicine, 
you know, proper medicine. Uh, you know, if you don't want to amputate, perhaps uh, we could put some leeches on there. Yeah. You know, uh, get them to suck all that fluid out, causing the uh, the, the engorging. Oh. Mm -hmm. Radiation therapy. We could try uh, blasting mm -hmm. it with radiation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it probably won't work, but we could try it. We Sometimes really want to try it. We don't get to blast a lot of things with radiation. Yeah. so We got one of those machines that blast radiation, and we've been itching to try it ever since we installed it. So Yes, yeah, so we, we get really these cool it. lead gowns that we wear. You won't have one because yeah. we'll be blasting you with it. But it'd be nice to try out that equipment. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm ready for something like that. I, I hear you. I guess I'm just having trouble coming to terms with this. Too newfangled. My dad for instance, uh, he had a similar tumor that he dealt with, but then when he turned 60, it kind of just went away. It wasn't a problem again. It was never a problem anymore. Uh, do you think maybe I should try to hang on until I get a little older? Maybe it'll just fix itself. That seemed like he was very lucky. Uh, I mean, you might not be that lucky. You could drop like dead I said, tomorrow. Any good. You're good. I don't know the if this is metastasized and made its way to your testes. Once it's in your testes, it goes right to your brain. All right. What we can do as a temporary fix while you're deciding what best to do about this is we could uh, we could give you uh, a, a type of brace. Basically, what it would be doing is tying a loop around the head of the penis that goes under your body, up under your shirt, up uh, along the back, and then uh, around your neck in a very tight, uh, tight, tight uh, configuration. So that when um, it begins to uh, engorge, uh, it does begin to choke you. Now, eight out of ten people this works for. Uh, the other two, usually, uh, it just makes the matter even worse. That's right. And those two end up going with my treatment, which is either a jar of acid to dissolve the penis or nitroglycerin to freeze it off. Both great options. You don't even have to, uh, for the nitroglycerin, I mean, you don't even really have to. It's a one-day thing. I mean, we just open the top of the jar. All you got to do is kind of dip the penis in there. Dip down and then dip I out. give it a gentle tap with a hammer. Yeah. And it shatters no right off. No fuss, no muss. Yeah. You know, when I was young, this never happened. I could go out and do sports. I could go swimming. Everything was okay. Nowadays, I go swimming and... You know, there's everybody's there in their swimsuits, and next thing you know, my tumor is coming up, and it's just like, <sighs> yeah. And you're wondering when are you, when is your day? Yeah, when am I going to get some relief from this? Just it's too much. You know, I remember remember when my wife and I first got together. She was very helpful with my tumor. She would constantly be like, you know, taking care of it, looking after it, making sure that it was taken care of, that it got. You know, that it got down as quick as possible. But nowadays, nowadays she's like, considers it a nuisance almost. Here I am with this affliction. And she's like, oh God, again? Again? Yeah, again? You haven't taken care of my tumor in years, Sharon. So. Well, we could assign you a long-term care attendant. We have a lot of great male attendants that would be happy to take care of that for you. Yeah, there's that. There's that. I mean, Garth? Yeah, it's really... You shouldn't be asking a loved one to do this type of complex, uh, engaged medical care. No, you're right. It's unfair of me. Yeah, you're right. I, I you know, I think uh, we should, uh, I mean, if you want to, to, to live with this disorder, 
Yeah, uh, we if you want to just massage the symptoms of this terrible disease. Okay, I get it. I get it. Okay, I'm just in denial a little bit here. <sighs> Fine. Okay, I know what the right thing to do is. It's obviously to go with the removal treatment. So if that's going to take care of the tumor once and for all, let's let's do it. Good man. But can I make one request? Yeah, yeah. Can we have a lion bite it off? Yes. Yes, we can. I'll get the surgical lion. You just listened to an episode of The Good Improv Show and nothing can change that. It happens every Saturday at 7 on gradio.ca. Edmonton's best local station. If you want to check out more of our stuff, you can follow us on uh, social media at Good Improv. You can also go to our website, goodimprov.com, to listen to past episodes, things we did, a bunch of funny articles on there as well. And yeah, if you liked it, feel free to tell people about it. But let us know what you think. Drop us a line. Thank you very much for watching. We really appreciate it. Come back next time. Or else. <laughs> <laughs>